Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net where if you mouse over the link at the top menu for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop-down menu, there is also a link to subscribe <clears throat> to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society. And that email contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in Chapter 1, Section 1, Principles of Miracles, with, uh, let's see, Miracle Principles 23 through 28. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day, which today is, I have given everything I see in this room, this street, this window, this place, etc., all the meaning that it has for me. In short, I have given everything I see all the meaning that it has for me. Okay. Um, Let me ask you, Lori, do you have one of your wonderful melodic openings for the call? I do, Lemoyne. And um, this one I drew from Marianne Williamson's um, ongoing offering called Transform. And it goes like this. Today I claim the power of love. Love requires a different kind of seeing than we are used to, a different kind of knowing or thinking. Love is the intuitive knowledge of our hearts. It's a quote-unquote world beyond that we all secretly long for. An ancient memory of this love haunts all of us all the time and beckons us to return. We want to return because we want our power back. Love provides us with a second sight, an ability to discern the meaning of things that lies beyond facts alone. It gives us a greater astuteness regarding human personalities and a deeper understanding of events beyond their surface appearances. Love doesn't mean we give up our power. Love is how we reclaim it. That second sight the ability to discern the meaning of things that lies beyond facts alone. Amen. Oh, goody. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori.
Michelle. My privilege. You're very welcome. Thank you, Lori. And uh, the have this morning, <laughs> I have with us in reading uh, Lori, Fran, Jennifer, Karen, Robin Marie, Harrison, and Lana. And with us in listening, I have Diana and Patricia. Is there anyone else who's going to call who would like to say good morning? Perhaps going Good morning. This is Ida. I'm listening. Glad to be here. Good morning, Ida. Welcome. All right. Anyone else? Um, so I'll get it started here with uh, Principle 23. Just to be clear, <clears throat> now that the paragraph numbers and the principle numbers are starting to vary, it might be helpful just to put the word principle in front of the large number and read that before you read whatever paragraphs. So I'll get started here in principle 23. Miracles rearrange perception and place the levels of perception in true perspective. This heals at all levels because sickness comes from confusing the levels. Lori. Miracle principle 23. Miracles rearrange perception and place the levels of perception into perspective. This heals at all levels because sickness comes from confusing the levels. When you become willing to hide nothing, you will not only be willing to enter into communion, but will also understand peace and joy. Your commitment is not yet total, and that is why you still have more to learn than to teach. When your equilibrium stabilizes, you you will be able to teach as much as you learn, which will give you the proper balance. Meanwhile, remember that no effort is wasted, for unless you remember this, you cannot avail yourselves of my efforts, which are limitless. Only eternity is real. Why not use the illusion of time constructively? Thank you, Lori. Brian? Miracle Principle 23, Paragraph 26. When you have become willing to hide nothing, you will not only be willing to enter in communion, but will also understand peace and joy. Your commitment is not yet total, and that is why you still have more to learn than to teach. When your equilibrium stabilizes, you will be able to teach as much as you learn, which will give you the proper balance. Meanwhile, 
remember that no effort is wasted. For unless you remember this, you cannot avail yourselves of my efforts, which are limitless. Only eternity is real. Why not see the illusion of time constructively? Miracle Principle 24. Miracles enable man to heal the sick and raise the dead because he made sickness and death himself and can abolish both. You are a miracle, capable of creating in the likeness of your creator. Everything else is only your own nightmare and does not exist. Only the creations of light are real. Thank you, Fran and Jennifer. Miracles enable man to heal the sick and raise the dead because he made sickness and death himself and can abolish both. You are a miracle capable of creating in the likeness of your creator. Everything else is only your own nightmare and does not exist. Only the creations of light are real. 25. Miracles are a part of an interlocking chain of forgiveness which, when completed, is the atonement. This process works all the time and in all and in all the dimensions of time. Thank you, Jennifer. And Karen. Miracle Principle 25, paragraph 28. Miracles are part of an interlocking chain of forgiveness, which when completed is the atonement. This process works all the time and in all dimensions of time. Paragraph 29. I am in charge of the process of atonement, which I undertook to begin. When you offer a miracle unto any of my brothers, you do it unto yourself and me. The reason you come before me is that I do not need miracles for my own atonement, but I stand at the end in case you fail temporarily. The purpose of my part in the atonement is the canceling out of all lacks of love, which men could not otherwise correct. The word, quote-unquote, sin, should be changed to, quote, lack of love, unquote, Because, quote, sin, unquote, is a man-made word with threat connotations, which he made up himself. No real threat is involved anywhere. Nothing is gained by frightening yourselves, and it is very destructive to do so. Thank you, Karen and Robin Murray. 29. I am in charge of the process of atonement, which I undertook to begin. 
When you offer a miracle unto any of my brothers, you do it unto yourself and me. The reason you come before me is that I do not need miracles for my own atonement, but I stand at the end in case you fail temporarily. The purpose of my part in the atonement is the canceling out of all lacks of love, which men could not otherwise correct. The word, quote, sin, unquote, should be changed to, quote, lack of love, unquote, because sin is a man-made word with threat connotations, which he made up himself. No real threat is involved anywhere. Nothing is gained by frightening yourselves, and it is very destructive to do so. Miracle Principle 26. 30. Miracles represent freedom from fear. Quote, atoning, unquote, really means, quote, undoing, unquote. The undoing of fear is an essential part of the atonement value of miracles. Thank you, Robin Murray and Eric. Miracle Principle 26, Paragraph 30. Miracles represent freedom from fear. Quote-unquote atoning really means quote-unquote undoing. The undoing of fear is an essential part of the atonement value of miracles. Paragraph 31. The purpose of the atonement is to restore everything to you, or rather, to restore it to your awareness. You were given everything when you were created, just as everyone was. When you have been restored to the recognition of your original state, you naturally become part of the atonement yourself. As you share my inability to tolerate lack of love in yourself, and others, you must join the great crusade to correct it. The slogan for the crusade is, quote, listen, learn, and do, unquote. Listen to my voice. Learn to undo error and do something to correct it. The first two are not enough. The real members of my party are active workers.
Thank you, Harrison. And Lana. Okay, Medical Principle 26, paragraph 31. The purpose of the atonement is to restore everything to you, or rather to restore it to your awareness. You were given everything when you were created, just as everyone was. When you have been restored to the recognition of your original state, you naturally become part of the atonement yourself. As you share my inability to tolerate lack of love in yourself and others, you must join the great crusade to correct it. The slogan for the crusade is, in quotes, listen, learn, and do. Listen to my voice, learn to undo error, and do something to correct it. The first two are not enough. The real members of my party are active workers. 32. The power to work miracles belongs to you. I will provide the opportunities to do them, but you must be ready and willing since you are already able. Doing them will bring conviction in the ability since conviction really comes through accomplishment. The ability is the potential. The achievement is its expression and the atonement is the purpose. Thank you, Lana. And is there a new reader for paragraph 32, beginning of Miracle 27, 33? New reader, 32, 33. All right, back to you, Lori. The power to work miracles belongs to you. I will provide the opportunities to do them, but you must be ready and willing since you are already able. Doing them will bring conviction in the ability since conviction really comes through accomplishment. The ability is the potential, the achievement is its expression, and the atonement is the purpose. Miracle Principle 27 A miracle is a universal blessing from God through me to all my brothers. It is the privilege of the forgiven to forgive. Thank you, Lori. And France. Miracle Principle 27. A miracle is a universal blessing from God through me to all my brothers. It is the privilege of the forgiven to forgive. The disciples 
were specifically told to be physicians of the Lord and to heal others. They were also told to heal themselves and were promised that I would never leave them or forsake them. Atonement is the natural profession of the children of God because they have professed me. Quote, heaven and earth shall pass away, unquote, simply means that they will not continue to exist as separate states. My word, which is the resurrection and the light, shall not pass away because light is eternal. You are the work of God and his work is wholly lovable and wholly loving. This is how a man must think of himself in his heart, because this is what he is. Thank you, Fran. And Jennifer. The disciples were specifically told to be physicians of the Lord and to heal others. They were also told to heal themselves and were promised that I would never leave them or forsake them. Atonement is the natural profession of the children of God because they have professed me, quote, heaven and earth shall pass away, unquote, simply means that they will not continue to exist as separate states. My word, which is the resurrection and the light, shall not pass away, because light is eternal. You are the work of God, and his work is holy, lovable, and holy loving. This is how man must think of himself in his heart because this is what he is. Miracles are a means of organizing different levels of consciousness. Thank you, Jennifer. Karen? Miracle Principle 28, paragraph 35 and 36. Miracles are a means of organizing different levels of consciousness. Miracles come from the below or or subconscious level. Revelations come from the above or superconscious level. The conscious level is in between and reacts to either sub- or superconscious impulses in various varying ratios. Consciousness is the level which engages in the world and is capable of responding to both. Having no impulses from itself and being primarily a mechanism for inducing response, it can be very wrong. Thank you, Karen. And Robin Murray. Thirty-six. Miracles come from the below or subconscious level. Revelations come from the above or superconscious level. 
The conscious level, level is in between and reacts to either sub or superconscious impulses in varying ratios. Consciousness is the level which engages in the world and is capable of responding to both. Having no impulses from itself and being primarily a mechanism for inducing response, it can be very wrong. Paragraph 37. Revelation induces complete but temporary suspension of doubt and fear. It represents the original form of communication between God and his souls, involving an extremely personal sense of closeness to creation, which man tries to find in physical relationships. Physical closeness cannot achieve this. The subconscious impulses properly induce miracles, which are genuinely interpersonal and result in real closeness to others. This can be misunderstood by a personally willful consciousness as impulses toward physical gratification. Thank you, Robin Murray. And there? 37. Revelation induces complete but temporary suspension of doubt and fear. It represents the original form of communication between God and his souls, involving an extremely personal sense of closeness to creation, which man tries to find in physical relationships. Physical closeness cannot achieve this. The Conscious impulses properly induces miracles, which are genuinely interpersonal and result in real closeness to others. This can be misunderstood by a personally willful consciousness as impulses toward physical gratification. Revelation unites souls directly with God. Miracles unite souls directly with each other neither emanates from consciousness, but both are experienced there. This is essential because consciousness is the state which produces action. Though it does not inspire it, man is free to believe what he chooses, 
And what he does attests to what he believes. The deeper levels of subconscious always contain the impulses to miracles. But he is free to feel its more superficial levels, which are closer to consciousness. Read that again. The deeper levels of his subconscious always contain the impulses to miracles. But he is free to feel its more superficial levels, which are closer to consciousness with the impulses of this world and to identify with them. This results in denying himself access to the miracle level underneath. And conscious actions then, his relationships also become superficial. And miracle-inspired relating becomes impossible. Thank you, Harrison. And Alana. Thirty-eight. Okay. Revelation unites souls directly with God. Miracles unite souls directly with each other. Neither emanates from consciousness, but both are experienced there. This is essential since consciousness is the state which produces action, though it does not inspire it. Man is free to believe what he chooses, and what he does attests to what he believes. The deeper levels of his subconscious always, always contain the impulse to miracles. But he is free to fill its more superficial levels, which are closer to consciousness, with the impulses of this world and to identify himself with them. This results in denying himself access to the miracle level underneath. In conscious actions, then, his relationships also become superficial and miracle-inspired relating becomes impossible. Thank you, Lana. Our reading for today. Uh, we have a few minutes before the top of the hour. 
anyone short care offer? <clears throat> Good morning, it's Karen. Um, Miracle Principle 28 is pretty amazing, and it's fresh in my mind right this second, so I'd love to uh, say something. So the miracles are at a deeper level. It's, it's the subconscious level. So in order to access that, we have to, um, I have to um, go deep. I have to, I have to spend time going below the superficial level of my conscious mind, which means, you know, our conscious minds are operating in the world, you know, paying our bills, going to work, taking a shower, doing the dishes, you know, interacting superficially with people just to get things done. But below that level, there's the Holy Spirit speaking to us. That's that's the level where it's, where I can access it. But if I don't go in and go deep to access that deeper level of communication, if I don't make that habit of being able to reach there, then I just spin out on the superficial level. Revelation, on the other hand, is when when the divine really just comes in. You know, it's. It's the super conscious level, and I can and I have moments where I might access it. Um, what I'm saying right now is just what I think I I learned from reading this, and it may be wrong. So I'm happy to be open for anyone to correct it. But I'm trying to get a sense of what this miracle principle 28 is telling me about organizing these different levels of consciousness. So consciousness is in the middle, um, but it doesn't have any uh, it doesn't have any inherent direction one way or the other. Either I can listen to the superconscious with revelation, you know, that's the divine moments, the bliss, or I can be trained to go deeply into my subconscious where I can access the, the miracle level of consciousness. But man is free to operate at a superficial level of the subconscious, and we won't get any true direction in that place. I'm complete, but if anyone wants to tweak that or correct me, that's great. I'm complete. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. That was great, Karen. I, I was just at one other thing, and it's important for me to remember the distinction between revelation and miracles, and in that um, miracles are shared between brothers. That's the whole realm of miracles. Um, and revelation is of God, coming from God. So I have, you know, I, I mean, I can be revelation ready, <laughs> keeping my mind healed, but that's not uh, something that um, my thinking mind, even a tr- well-trained mind, 
can access. It's a one way, it has one direction from God to me. And um, and like you said, it is it is quite remarkable. It's blissful and there's no words that can describe it, describe it through language. And um, miracles between brothers for me has always been the healing realm. It's um, things show up, circumstances show up, situations show show up, thoughts show up, feelings show up, and um, it's my function to notice them and um, deny anything that is not true or real and affirm the truth through healing my mind um, through forgiveness. So it's, um, I try, you know, I, I look at subconsciousness as a healing realm where healing occurs and revelation as a communication to my mind um, from God, which is actually part of one with his mind. So um, anyhow, that's just my two cents. I'm complete. Thank, but thank you, Jen. Thank you, Lana. That was so helpful. And I just wanted to also throw out that um, I didn't say anything about that that confusion about the miracle level where people, you know, they feel unity and then they try to achieve it through physical relationships, which is like a distortion of that miracle impulse. I'm, I'm again, asking, not telling. I'm saying... Is that right? I forgot to ask about that part, but that was great. Thank you so much, Lana. Yeah, I think we have a natural... Thank you. (laughs) We have a natural tendency to want to unite and join our brothers, but uh, we mistake, we're mistaking in thinking that it's phys- the physical, <laughs> it's always the spiritual. I'm complete. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. If there's a moment, Patricia's just kind of bubbling up here with excitement for a brand new, a brand new year in these lessons that we're getting in a brand new way. Revelation in the Course in Miracles. (laughs) It turns out, I have to just confess to you, a living revelation. I found out this brand new year that failure brings us amazing revelations to see nothing ever can obscure the miracles occurring. No story can ever come upon me to stop me from seeing what is showing me the miracle inside Revelation does not need success. 
it is already what has been succeeded. And I'll tell you, there's been a ton of failures going on. And I'm sitting here mesmerized by how many miracles are inside them because I'm not dead and talking to you from the other side. I'm here. I'm here to tell my kids and everyone, honey, there's no such thing as failure. And when you perceive it, you are rising into love, never falling ever again. There's something that holds us in failing this year that is a revelation I know this course has brought me to be. It's almost like everything I've ever done is for this year coming. That there are miracles brighter in the dark, stronger held when the physical appears to be failing as it's being reborn. Thank you. That's beautiful, Patricia. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Patricia. Amen, Patricia. All right, well, we are now past the top of the hour. So I ask that everyone give their attention to Fran and she leads us in lesson two. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the first part of the workbook and we are on lesson two. We have an introduction and um, I'm going to read a little from that and we're going to go to lesson two for our five-minute meditation or to do it the way they're telling us. <laughs> lesson two, I have given everything I see in this room, on this street, from this window, in this place, all the meaning that it has for me. So I'll read a little from the introduction. <clears throat> a theoretical foundation such as the text is necessary as a background to make these exercises meaningful. Yet it is the exercises which will make the goal possible. An untrained mind can accomplish nothing. The workbook is divided into two sections. The first, dealing with the undoing of what you see now, and the second, with the restoration of sight. It is recommended that each exercise be repeated several times a day, preferably in a different place each time, and if possible, in every situation in which you spend any long period of time. The purpose is to train the mind to generalize the lessons so that you will understand that each of them is as applicable to one situation as it is to another. 
Be sure that you do not decide that there are some things you see to which the idea for the day is inapplicable. The aim of the exercises will always be to increase the application of the idea to everything. This will not require effort. Only be sure that you make no exceptions in applying the ideas. Some of the ideas you will find hard to believe. Others will seem quite startling. It does not matter. You're merely asked to apply them to what you see. Whatever your reactions to the ideas may be, use them. Nothing more than this is required. We'll go to lesson two. Lesson two. I have given everything I see in this room, on this street, from this window, in this place, all the meaning that it has for me. The exercises with this idea are the same as those for the first one. Begin with the things that are near you and apply the idea to whatever your glance rests on. Then increase the range outward. Turn your head so that you include whatever is to either side. If possible, turn around and apply the idea to what was behind you. Remain as indiscriminate as possible in selecting subjects for its application. Do not concentrate on anything in particular and do not attempt to include everything in an area or you will introduce strain. Take the subjects simply as you see them. Try to apply the exercise with equal ease to a body or a button, a fly or a floor. Make no attempt to include anything particular, but be sure that nothing is excluded. Lesson two, I have given everything I see in this room, on this street, from this window, in this place, all the meaning that it has for me. Five minutes.
I'm going to read the paragraph from the review of Lesson 2. I have given what I see all the meaning it has for me. I have judged everything I look upon. And it is this and only this that I see. This is not vision. It is merely an illusion of reality because my judgments have been made quite apart from reality. I am willing to recognize the lack of validity in my judgments because I want to see. My judgments have hurt me and I do not want to see according to them. Lesson 2. I have given everything I see in this room, on this street, on this window, in this place, all the meaning that it has for me. Amen. Thank you, friend. Oh, thank you, friend. That was just beautiful. Thank you, friend. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you, friend. Good thank morning, Harrison. Sorry, I just. Um, you know, over the years, I've come to appreciate um, Jesus' ways. No time in getting to the heart of the matter. Uh, and unlike some of the courses we take in the world that start off, uh, pretty vanilla. Uh, Jesus in these lessons goes directly to the heart of the matter. Yesterday's lesson that nothing means anything. Just thinking about that, nothing I see means anything. Totally challenges my world view. And today extends that idea. By saying that I have given everything I see, all the meaning that it has for me. So, everything in this world, a form, I've given it all the meaning that it has. And does it mean anything? It is totally meaningless. 
when I began to apply that idea, everything except what God created, everything that does not emanate from love, that's not an extension of God, not an extension of love. If it's not love, it doesn't exist. That's a very challenging concept to my mind. But so is the idea that nothing means anything. Nothing I see means anything. The idea that I have given everything I see in this room, out this window, all the meaning that it has for me, I'm responsible for what I see. I choose my reaction to everything I see. So Jesus is asking me to be completely honest with him. To accept that nothing in this room or this world means anything because I am the one who has given the world meaning. And the I he's talking about here is the ego self that I have created. And I could never understand true meaning. The meaning of everything that God and the Holy Spirit would have it be is forgiveness. To forgive myself for thinking that anything God did not create, anything that's not loved, is true. I forgive myself for thinking that. And I accept total responsibility. Forgiving everything I see, all the meaning that it has for me. I can't blame my parents. I can't blame society. I can't blame 
Thank you, Harrison. Very, very much. Thank you. Good morning, Karen. Um, I remember when I did this exercise a year ago. Actually, the year before that was the first time I had any clue what this meant. What this meant. But last year when I did it, I was really struck by all my emotions and all my memories and all the the energies that were layered on top of everything. Um, this morning when I did it, I was struck by how my visual field isn't, isn't fragmented into a million different pieces. You know, I'm not seeing like this thing that had, that I got, you know, and I had for so many years and it was so precious to me and and then it got broke. I mean, I'm not seeing all the stories and memories and the history. I was just, I was just struck with um, just feeling like my spirit field expanded through my visual field and it was kind of unity and unifying. And um, then I went into, while we were doing the meditation just now, I went into another room and there's this little Rodin sculpture, miniature sculpture of Rodin, um, Rodin's piece, The Hand of God. And it's the hand of God holding the clay, and in the clay is Adam and Eve. And I looked at it, and I remember, oh, last year, you know, I had this whole story about it, how I gave it to my daughter, it got broken, she gave it back, I glued it together, you know, whatever. I saw it in the Metropolitan Museum, whatever. Instead, it felt like just, hmm, it didn't have anything. There was no charge. It was empty. It was inanimate. And then I glanced over at this plant. And I have all these plants in my house. I have lots and lots of house plants, huge house plants. And I looked over at it, and it felt like it was loving me. I just felt so much love. And it was love coming from the plant to me. And it was like, oh, my eyes rested on something alive, something real. The love is real. I mean, I don't know about the form, and I'm not going there to, you know, to analyze whether what, what's real in the physical world and what isn't. But there was love in that moment. And it felt like it was coming from me for taking care of it. And um, in the context of the miracle principle that we were reading, 
Um, on the uh, unconscious level, there's that layer of all of our superficial ego reality in our stories, our memories, our emotions, our uh, just our descriptions, our labeling, our conditioned mind. That's the that's the superficial level, but below that is a deeper level where the miracles are possible. And that is the level that speaks to me in intuition from the divine, from the Holy Spirit. And the unity of our brothers and our unity with um, loving and how loving extends. And that, what is the word, um, time of tenderness is in that place, that time of tenderness. And uh, anyway, it's just, I'm only trying to say is that every year that we do this, it takes me to to a totally different place. Thank you so much. I'm complete. That's phenomenal, Karen. Thank you very much for sharing all all that. Thank you, Karen. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. That's so true. I experience it that same way. It's a brand new, deeper levels of awareness, always expanding. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. And we can't get there by ourselves, which I didn't really fully appreciate before. I mean, it's our group. It's, it's our sharing. It's doing this together. There's such a holiness in it. Thank you all. Yeah, that's my feeling, too. Thank you. Hey, good morning, guys. It's Jude. I um, love hearing your shares. And um, I love, Harrison, the way you said that um, this lesson is spoken from the perspective of the ego. Jude has given everything Jude sees in this room, on this street from this window, in this place, all the meaning that it has for Jude. And um, thank you, Fran, for leading us again in in the lesson and in the practice. uh, You know, realization, by reading the the review lesson for us, Fran, you brought the awareness that all the meaning that it has for Jude is, is the meaning of reality, that what is real to Jude. Um, that Jude is limited and localized with her body at the center, the center of her perception, an ego's separate self, a particular and specific and a personal sense of self-relation to the world as an Judy inside and the world as being outside, giving meaning or reality that all that Jude sees, given meaning or reality to Jude in a body as an image. I'm giving my own sense of, of, of identification, reality. I believe this is me making Judy a victim of her own perceptions of myself and everything. I'm attacking the truth of who I am, denying the truth of who I am how God created me to be, 
usurping the power of God and, and, and saying what reality is. Denying the reality, capital reality, for what is false. The importance of understanding the difference between what is true and what is false. And everything I perceived, you perceived, as the outside world is an attempt to maintain ego identification with her, herself as the body. The whole scenario this morning became apparent to me as a personal a personal interpretation of Jude and her reality, as Jude perceives it. So what are, what are we to do with this? <laughs> We've all been through the book before, through all the lessons before. And um, so we have that, that one choice, um, the choice to side with God and sanity, vision, and hearing his one voice or listening to the voice of the ego and judgment. And um, so, ergo, here I go again um, to the lessons. Grateful, really grateful for how God created me and willing to stand in, in the home ground of peace and joy and love and know that is capital, that is what I, capital am, capital I, capital am. Thank you so much for bringing us together, Lori and Lemoyne. Um, and I love you all. Have a joyful day. Thank Thanks, you so Judy. much. Yeah, thank you, Judy. Oh, thank you, Judy. For some reason, the idea of making an idol image of myself has really become a uh, one of those billboards that I get in my mind. And I think um, Christ is really just reinforcing all that I've learned before and allowing what I've learned before to teach me truly what it is the truth of who and what we are. And it's very important to me, really important. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, everybody, for traveling with me. Uh, <clears throat> great companions. Have a good day. Bye. Bye-bye, Robin Marie. Yeah, you too. Part of the miracle principles that Karen was reflecting upon earlier, um, you know, how we, in our conscious daily awareness, are, are preoccupied with this image that we've made and our version of reality in the world. And, and that's what denies the miracle impulses 
which are very natural and should be occurring naturally according to our natural factory settings, how God created us to be. But as long as I'm preoccupied with idle, worldly, personal thoughts from the past and not maintaining a present mindful awareness of the truth, which miracles affirm, I have to be miracle-minded, I have to be perceiving truly what is reality with a capital R in order to be right-minded, in order to be miracle-minded. And um, this also has become something that in the last few days reviewing the, the miracle principles on my own and then too with the group has become um, something that's really on my billboard. You know, I, I, I have to be still throughout the day. I don't need to think about washing my dishes. When I'm washing my dishes, I could be thinking about God <laughs> and, and loving thoughts. Only loving thoughts are true, you know, and extending peace and love throughout the world. Um, so much of what I do during the day doesn't take any thought whatsoever. But um, it reminds me of a, a, a thing this comedian in AA, my AA groups used to always say, I may not be much, but I'm all I think about. <laughs> Thank you, I'm complete. Thanks, Jane. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Good morning. This is uh, Jennifer, and this is um. First time I'm reading through this part of the book, and what caught me, and I have a question, um, and I'm going to ask like Harrison or um, someone who's got a lot of experience with this. On it's um, paragraph 38, Revelation unites souls directly, and down in the middle of the paragraph. Um, I hope I said it right, paragraph 38. Um, the deeper levels of his subconscious mind always contain the impulse to miracles, but is free to fill its more superficial levels, which are closer to consciousness, with the impulses of this world, and to identify himself with them. This results in denying himself access to miracle level underneath contains actions, um, then his relationships are also become superficial. You know what? I answered my own question just having you guys with me. <laughs> I'm good. But that was, um, <clears throat> that was the part of the reading that I went unconscious uh, until just now. So there's my atonement in, in action. Thank you. Thanks, guys. He went unconscious. What a great way to say mind is sleep. <laughs> Thank you, Jennifer. <laughs> Thank you, Jennifer. It's like swiftly tilting planets. It's so weird. It's like I I'm like, okay, where is my mind? 
is it in judgment or is it in the land of miracles? And if I'm lucky, revelation. <laughs> so anyways, it's kind of all or nothing with me. It's either all in the judgment pile, suffering, hell, or it's woohoo. <laughs> Alice in Wonderland and I are having a good time <laughs> in a good in a grounded way. All right, thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. This is Lemoyne. I <laughs> I wanted to bring something to discussion of uh, <clears throat> a few things, I guess. <laughs> okay. Uh, to the discussion of Principle 28, that it says miracles are a means of organizing different levels. And, you know, I I haven't searched it up, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> somewhere he dispenses with levels, right? He says, you know, that the perception of levels is part of the misperception. Often. And I know it's often true, um, but I, I think the perception that levels are these levels are distinct and separate is an in error that that they are not that it's more like different that it's it's all more of a spectrum and it's continuous but there is a an order to it where you know how is how in unity individuation can arise and not lead to complete separation. It it is a, you know, a recipe for this kind of spectrum of consciousness. Now, he does kind of say our, our proper place for our consciousness is in, in the middle. You know, not like we have to constantly be absolutely in the middle, but that that's the, you know, that the, uh, that the, the appearance of the spectrum or in, in some way arises from the appearance of consciousness. And, and so, you know, the, it is all related, and this is, a discussion of consciousness itself, which is always a bit tricky because, you know, can you really get to what consciousness is through consciousness? Um, I think object, objectification and hard and fast answers uh, 
may well be, like it says, it, you know, consciousness has no impulse itself. It's a mechanism for inducing response, and it can be very wrong. So, you know, I, I really like the, you know, he's talking to, he's channeling this in some sense. He's channeling this through one psychologist to another. So, hence this, this thing of subconscious and superconscious. And I think the subconscious, you know, may be described as private thoughts, individual thoughts hidden and hidden from the conscious, you know, the individual conscious. And that the superconscious is the universal and is not just available to all, but it's a, a part of all. Right to stay with this idea of a spectrum that you know none of it's truly separate, <clears throat> and you know I think the way one way he says below and above, and this this can tend to lead directly into <laughs> some kind of judgment because higher is better and lower. Um, things like that, but I understand why he chose below and above rather than inside and outside, because this is all happening within a universal mind. So, I mean, there really is no outside. But there is this kind of spectrum between individuals and uh, individual perception and universal vision. uh, So I think one thing that helps a lot is to understand why why it's... uh, why the miracle impulses arise from the below or the subconscious more on the individual land. And one thing that helps understand, help me focus that on that morning and pull out that whole thing, which I had no plan to say, um, there is this earlier statement that you are a miracle. And so, you know, with, if each of us is a miraculous thought of the whole, then, you know, that would explain how miracles arise from below and, um, you know, it relates directly to lesson two, you know, all the meaning we place on top of that we try and build as a floor in which to stand our consciousness on and operate the world. Um, that all the things that we uh, we decide and forget that we decided that in some moment of whatever kind of moment, whether it's fear or joy, that something that we put there is this must be some kind of meaning 
it actually blocks the the full expression of who we are. That's a miracle. And so, I mean, that's, I think, one of the primary things this course is, tends to focus on is, is uh, all the stuff we, you know, it kind of uses language that tends to trigger people in order to, you know, shine light on what we've buried in subconscious uh, on top of that essential miracle that is life itself. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I think, you know, he's, that this is this is pretty fuzzy, and it's like it's, I know it says in the text that examining the ego is always hazardous because it becomes it calls upon the ego, and it almost never happens without some kind of ego involvement. So, you know, better not to look there, but in looking at you know, the position of consciousness, uh, seemingly individuated consciousness in the universal mind. I mean, it can be useful, but I think it's maybe best to let it be pretty fuzzy and say, you know, I don't really, I don't know, but I can show or be told or potentially <laughs> yeah and, and and I think the whole thing is about the potential for uh, the universal experience and sharing that that is why the whole experiment of uh, call it an experiment. I, I don't know what the right word is. Creation of uh, seeming individual individuation. Um, that this is, that there is some greater purpose. It is so that, that a universal consciousness can know itself. That, that if that the original purpose uh, and I think it gives the it gives a form to uh, form if that's the original purpose it uh, it adds some uh, you know maybe it's an addition of meaning on my part but I, I think that it, this is kind of what these texts actually point at. And that purpose can lead the unified vision. <clears throat> but, yeah, before I ramble anymore, I think I'll stop there. This thing of, you know, is that he uses the above and below 
I think primarily to describe some direction without using inside and outside or uh, left and something that doesn't really communicate um, like left and right, north and south. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> I think you know, the, the thing 28, miracles are a means of organizing different levels of consciousness. <clears throat> and, and I think the organizing there is is done by giving, giving and receiving. It says, you know, my lesson, my favorite lesson, I guess, lesson one thirty-five. Today, let us receive instead of plan that we may give instead of organize. It's not the organized world, but that provides the way for individuation to occur and not to be separate, to have us be miracle within the all of everything. Anyway. I, I didn't hear if you said you were complete, Lemoyne. I did. Oh, sorry. Okay. That was phenomenal. A little early. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) It was a mic drop. (laughs) No, I I just want to say that was phenomenal. Actually, uh, that was really, really uh, excellent. And while you were talking about it, I was thinking, um, here's a very good analogy about why it's best to let it be fuzzy. Um, I recently had some, some work done on my roof. And uh, and to do that, I hired an expert who knows about roofs, and he gave me a diagram of of the roof and exactly what was wrong with it, what he was going to do to fix it. <clears throat> from my perspective, from my perspective down here in the house, I have no idea what's going on in the roof. And unless I climbed the ladder to get on top of the roof, I would still have no idea about how the roof has a function that's important to my house, okay? The point being that these levels of consciousness, levels of awareness, levels of perception that he describes have really no meaning to me from inside my house. I have to go above my house. I have to go to the roof to understand uh, the true perspective of the levels below the roof. You know what I'm saying? Um, and and the analogy or the course-related analogy that puts it into true perspective is what he calls the healed mind. The healed mind, as you said in Lesson 135, does not plan. It carries out plans that are given it. The healed mind... Uh, I'm back to what is the separation definition. The separation was not a loss of perfection. It was a failure in communication. The healed mind is in communication. The healed mind is in communication with all 
other souls and the healed mind is in communication with the source um, and when my mind is healed levels um, it's transcendent you see the idea um, of the idea of communication transcends all of this the first hint is in miracle principle 23 and, and in paragraph 24 uh, I'm willing to hide nothing when I'm willing to hide nothing what does that mean uh, to me that means I'm in communication with my authentic being and in communication with the authentic being of all my fellow souls in this place uh, participating in this collective dream um, we know here's another good analogy you meet another soul um, they knock on your door you open the door and you instantly know this person you know you just instantly do it's natural you just instantly know that you're meeting another soul um, you might see they have brown hair and green eyes and they're wearing a gray coat and all what have you but that is extraneous to what you know when you open the door and greet a soul you know and so um, a healed mind he wants me to know <coughs> um, is beyond or uh, has transcended or is aware of more than the sleeping mind uh, that thinks it's alone in a body separate from other bodies um, organizing its own life and control of its own environment etc so um, let it be fuzzy well mine that was just an excellent way to say that let it be fuzzy until um, until my awareness uh, is more awake you know um, more healed more um, more transformed uh, by the healing of your mind I'm complete oh I love thank that you, thank Lori. you so much Lori perfect thank you thank you Lori thank you Lemoyne <laughs> I um I loved your share Lemoyne because it was like it was opening up more by your uh, description of what it meant to you and how you felt it was um, being uh, clarified, it opened it up to me. And then when Lori spoke, it opened it up another way. And ultimately, it's all the same. But um, what I was thinking is when it describes us going to a deeper place, it's like when we go into the deeper level, of the unconscious we come into the place of unity we go past all that superficial falsehood of the ego and the separated mind and we become able to hear the voice of God you know the voice of the Holy Spirit that guides us when we when we open and we live more and more we live all the time in that deeper deeper place of um, communication with the Holy Spirit with our brothers so that's kind of how I saw it it's just a slight tweak in the way that you see it and I loved when you were talking about the individuation because when you go through the 
your life, I will say life, world, whatever, when we walk this path and we're in that place of deep, silent communication with the true source, um, it's like we become different kinds of flowers. We have different colored petals. We have different fragrances. We have different stems. We're all, we're all expressions of beauty and divinity, but we're different. That's the individuation. It's not the falsehood of the ego self. And in the falsehood of the ego self, there's all that hiding, right? Because it's a false self. So we have to hide what we can't, you know, we're not open and sharing everything. But at that deeper level, we're sharing. We're open. There's no hiding. You know, it's just, it's just we're trying to be our truest selves. I'm not saying that, you know, there aren't times when we may, may have a misstep, you know, but we aren't going to hide it. We want to be corrected. We want to give it over to forgiveness and um, be undone. We don't hold on to anything in that deeper place. So to me, it was like the practice of going into the deeper self is the practice of, you know, it's that silent place with no agenda, and it's just being open and being having spirit move through me. Or isn't even so much that I hear guidance, but that spirit is in charge. Be you in charge. This holy instant, I just keep saying it, this, that's all there is, you know. And I sat and I tried to meditate, but in my meditation, I'm just open to receiving the divine and extending the divine. I have no other agenda. It'll be, un, it'll be unfolded by the divine, not my ego. I'm complete. Thanks for letting me say that. Boy, that was perfectly said. It will be unfolded. Thank you very much. Yeah. Perfect, thank you. Karen. Thank you. Good morning. This is Jennifer. Thank you, Karen. Um, always. I love your shares. And good morning. Thanks for the fuzzies and Lori. Um, everything as well. Um, so I'm a new, a newer member to reading this book. This is the first time I'm reading these principles. Um, but I'm not new. I'm, I'm an old soul. So moving forward. Um, I I just reinstated um, uh, letting go of sugar, and uh, so my point is any what I'm noticing with the experiment of having addiction is there's no um, letting God in really. Um, and until until I do, and which I have, and the midline feels like when you put down, you're putting down your arms, and now I'm more or less noticing my fear, and I will continue to for the rest of my life um, as it you know comes and goes, 
Um, but uh, the point is, is if you're reaching for something other than love, if you're reaching for <laughs> for Satan, <laughs> or you're selling your soul, you know, um, to hell, that which doesn't even exist, you're going to be miserable, depressed, and um, and you you might hear God knocking on your door real loud, but um, really participating and being able to experience the fuzzy area and really understanding above and below as it comes to you throughout your day and, and your atonement. It's just not the same until you put your arms down. And I've also noticed in recovery that I can put the substance down but still be in my head protecting um, my fear through the ego, with the ego mindset. So it's called a, a dry drunk, um, running from my fear. So I just, um, I'm really working on just being present, which is what I consider the midline. And um, thank you, Lemoyne. There is no uh, judgment on higher, lower. We're all in the same pot. We all have the same amount of um, uh, talents. Just, just we're all unique, but we're the same. So it's my job in my sobriety from alcohol and anything that uh, stimulates my body to go unconscious um, to stay in the middle and um, welcome my atonement and the fuzzies. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer, for sharing yourself and your way of seeing the world. Thank you so much. It's lovely, lovely to be with you. I really love you too, Karen, very much. Thank you so much. Well, thank you both. And uh, yeah, before we close the call, is there uh, anyone else who'd like to share? Before we not to close the call, end the recording. Thank you. <laughs> There's anyone else who'd like to share? Tonight? Hi, it's Karen. Lori, I was wondering, um, each of these principles are so potent, and I was wondering if you would like to say anything about any of the other ones. Um, if I don't share right away when we first stop breathing, I, I lose it. So if you have any thoughts, thank you. Oh, boy. You know, um, 
all, all I can say um, is my own experience, okay? And, and my own experience is that when, um, when through the Holy Instant or the power of revelation, um, it's revealed to me who I truly am, uh, it turns out that everything is as I am. <laughs> um, he's, he's, is it like this? You can make images only like yourself, you know, everything you see is a picture of yourself. And when I'm uh, not aware of who I am, I'm not aware of what anything else is either. But when I am aware of who and what I am, I'm also aware of who and what everything else is. Um, that had to be, that had to be revealed to me, um, as you say, through um, the deep listening that happens in silence, you know. Um, and then I experience it. Um, you know, he calls it a miracle. What I experience is uh, like an accumulation of energy. And this energy feels like something needs to happen because of it. And my part is to see what happens with that energy and if I have a role in it I'll understand it and it will just happen <laughs> that's pretty fuzzy language but um, and he gives it better language but it's all all of it all of it a matter of willingness um, to participate you know the sleeping mind is in and of itself and unaware of of relationship. But when my relationship to my creator is restored to me, there's a relationship with everything that is similarly restored. And the uh, words of that relationship those relationships are miracles and revelation and um, to me atonement is nothing nothing more complicated than the restoration of that true relationship that exists uh, between uh, source and the soul that I am part and included with every other soul in this collective um, I want to say dream, but that isn't what I mean. Um, in this collective relationship that Source knows as creation. And um, and it gives us language that's helpful in uh, recognizing possibility, you know, potential. Um, like uh, miracles rearranged levels of perception um, you know that tells my my mind uh, if I believe in separation and think I'm alone that tells my mind that there's something more and that creates an opening for what is the more that um, 
can be revealed here. And then uh, I'm now open to more. Oh boy, he's going to fill that space with more. He's going to he's going to tell me that um, you know you really have no need to hide, my dear. Um, the feeling that you're alone has created this or made this impression that you have private stuff going on and you have private issues and and behind all that private stuff you hide and and but you know there's more going on than that oh he says you can be willing to hide nothing because it's perfectly safe here and um, you have an authentic being and 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 so he gives us direction you know uh, when I'm willing for the more, here's some direction and uh, potential and accomplishment and and uh, inviting words, you know, um, that my mind naturally wants to know more of. Why? Because I love this being who's telling me this. I didn't know that either, you know, when I thought that I was alone. Um, and, and so that's how I... That's how I read this, and uh, and the goal of all of it is to know myself and and know my natural relationship to creation. And when I do, it's down for me to discover that my being is like a, an aquifer. You know, that it it is, it exists, it has everything it needs, and it desires to flow. And anywhere life gives me an opportunity, it flows all by itself. And that's how I experience this. And, and it all starts with willingness uh, to let my impressions go. That's what all forgiveness is to me, is let my separate um, impressions go and let the space be filled up with, with truth, which I will love and understand because it's part of me. And uh, what a nice invitation you gave me to talk about that, because I get my own self tangled up in words too. That that ego aspect of self that says, "Oh, you know, you don't have it quite right. Oh, you're missing something. Oh, you know, that little niggler voice um, that goes on in the background uh, still wants to judge and evaluate." And um, and it invites me to participate with it and turn myself on myself. Um, and sometimes the words do that to me too and give me the awareness that I need uh, a little more willingness and, and a little more uh, allowance of spirit to move, you know. So anyway, thank you very much. I'm complete. Well, thank, thank you, Lori. Oh, I love your share. Oh, thanks, Lori. Um, that's uh, this is Lemoyne. I just want to touch on a few things which I've already, I think, touched on in 24. You are a miracle, capable of creating in the likeness of your creator. Everything else is only your own nightmare. <laughs> 20, principle 25. 
Um, yeah. Right at the end. Right at the end. No real threat is involved anywhere. Nothing is gained by frightening yourself. And it is very destructive to do so. Point six miracles represent freedom from fear. Next paragraph, purpose of the atonement is to restore everything to you. Or rather, to restore it to your awareness. Yeah. The the power to work miracles belongs to you. The ability is the potential. The achievement is the expression. And the atonement is the purpose. And that was so. so I knew I knew things were rolling pretty well when Lori got a chance to read one of her favorite lines. <laughs> a miracle is a universal blessing from God through me to all my brothers. It is a privilege of the forgiven. Yeah. Yeah. Heaven and earth shall pass. Go ahead. I was going to say, Lori wants to give everybody cookies. (laughs) With a cookie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, that was Lori's cookie today. I can't tell. Um. (laughs) It is my favorite, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> see, and, and, uh, um, thirty-four, heaven and earth shall pass away. Simply means that they will not continue to exist in separate space. And you, you, another name for the Son of God. You are the work of God. And his work is wholly lovable and wholly loving. This is how a man must think of himself in his heart, because this is what he is. So, that's the run-up to 28. And I, I fully understand the emphasis on Principle 28. I just want to bring out the points, some of the points he makes about what you, or say we are, that uh, that relate to the to the uh, um, not maybe not so much purpose of the course, but the method of restoring, you know, creation to creation that thinks it's in hell is to, the method is to identify, to set right our own identification of who we are. And so this, you know, that's what this really is all about. Um, I think that's the kind of meaning that 
it's okay to give to the world because it aligns with the wisdom the world and all people all life because it aligns with the person you know correct completely correct perception of the spirit and reality so go through and uh, thank you all for being here sharing and listening the recording, but not the call. Very nice. Thank you, Lamar. That was just absolutely perfect. Perfect, perfect. Yes, it was.